When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hello, and welcome back to High and Tight on Game Time CT. I'm Scott Erickson. We are joined, as always, by Pete Pugaga. Pete, how you doing, buddy? Good, 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 good. Um, it's crazy. We're already, like, looking towards, like, conference tournaments, and I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but, like, we're already at April 18th. We're recording this in, like, less than two months, or, you know, we're going to be at Palmer Field. We're, uh, we're we're past the quarter part of the season. Uh I mean, some teams Woodlands played 8 games. They're almost at the halfway point of the season like That's that's a lot of luck it's, no it's rain. So fast. <laughs> it's so fast. It's such a fast sprint of a season and uh you know, if you don't if you if you blink you might miss something and there's been some really good performances the last week from teams, a couple no-hitters, a couple combined no-hitters. Um that stuff will all be on Game Time CT and the top performers and games to watch. I know we have a few really good games to watch coming up this week. Um, next week, it looks like on a Monday, we may get the Kyle Kipp versus Hero Wyatt, uh, West Hill versus Staples game, uh, if things work out. So that would be exciting and highly recommend anyone who can go get down to West Hill and then find a place at that field to actually see the game. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that game. That if any game deserves to be played at Cubeta, it's that one. Yeah. Uh, but that game's going to be at West Hill. Um, and we have a new team, new number one team in our poll. I, you tell Lauren me. You put it together. Team anymore. That's right. I just did it. Uh, the Xavier. <laughs> it's it's Xavier. Xavier's new number one team. Um, a bunch of teams received first place votes, including Ward, who's still getting first place votes. Staples uh windsor all got first place votes but by eight points it was xavier taking the top spot um i think they had the top spot for a week last year yep maybe two weeks pretty sure they did last year yeah Uh, yeah really good program there they're playing really well they're the only undefeated team left in double l they're the only undefeated team left in the sec so we're getting to that point too where teams are getting knocked off you're you're running out of pitching and and, and you're running into teams that are really good. Um, Woodland, that team that we just mentioned, that you know they beat St. Joe's over the weekend. Uh, then St. Joe's comes back and beats Ward on Monday. You know, with, when the pitching's refreshed, and it's just going to be a wild season. I think you know, there's no one I think is going to pull away and be a clear-cut dominant team. Uh, you know, even when you look at Woodland, who's in the poll now, uh, you know they played a very close game with Walcott. They got to play St. Paul. Uh, so things are going to be tough for them, you know, the, in, in the top half of the NBL anyway. Uh, 
I don't see any team right now that is just going to be dominant. We'll see how Windsor does. Windsor's got a tough week with Newington and Southington coming up. They're undefeated in the CCC. So we'll see. I, I think a week from now, uh, we'll be dwindled. The, the number of unbeatens will be dwindled greatly. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm still at a weird spot with my poll. Um, I kept it a lot intact from my first two weeks. I still think it is too early to tell to move teams around and say, this team's the number one team. Like, I think Xavier is very good. Um, but, I mean, look, they beat Ward 2-1 to one, uh, in a really good game. But, uh, I mean, other than that, you know, Shelton, really young Shelton team they beat. Boren, you know, Branford, okay. Amity, 14-8. Uh, we saw Amity last week, not the Amity teams of old, and uh, they beat North Haven 3-0. So, you know, I, look, the Ward win's great. I'm not taking that away from them, but I, I kind of want to see more out of Xavier before I start throwing my number one vote around. Um, so I kind of kept it intact. Do I think Fairfield Ward's the number one team in the state right now? Because I, I think for baseball, it's not football. I say it all the time, but you, you can't just jumble it around. Like it's, you know, the games are different. It's your best team's not on the field every week or every game. And like, you know, I'm going with program right now. Uh, the first couple of weeks of the season, there will be maybe at the midseason point, I'll throw my poll out and start from scratch. Um. And it's not saying that Xavier doesn't deserve to be the number one team. I'm sure Nick is going to look at this poll and be like, great, target on our back again. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, they've been playing really well. Uh, Windsor, I need to be honest, I need to see more out of them. I do. Like, they go and they play in Florida, which is great. But we don't know anything about those Florida teams. We don't know how good they are or how not good they are or – you know, Windsor. Well, you'll see this week. I mean, you're playing two ranked teams this week. Oh, ranked teams, ranked teams on certain people's polls. I'll tell you this: I've never voted for Newington, and it's not a knock against them. They just don't play anybody. Uh, nothing in Newington's schedule jumps out to me and says, "Oh my God, top ten team." So uh, I'm really looking at that Windsor Southington game um, as because I think Southington's a really good program, and uh, that'll yeah. be a big one for Windsor. Uh, Trumbull, we saw good. They stole one against Amity because they folded in that in that sixth inning. I mean, yikes! But they were able to hold on. And that's what you have to do. You have to win those games. Like, yeah, it just was a bad stretch. Amity's a good team. They're going to fight, and Trumbull is able to win. Um, you can't play like that in the FCI tournament or the state tournament, or you'll be going home. But uh, I think Trumbull's a really good team. Staples sitting at four, I think, is a head scratcher for me. Um, I think they're better than Trumbull. Uh, I think they're better than Windsor. And I think they're better than Xavier. I think that they lost an extra innings, 8-7, to prep. Or was it the seventh inning they got walked off on? Okay. Ward drops yeah. down to one run to five. That was after Ward had two losses. Not because... Okay, so Ward, has, Ward has three losses. Okay. Now they have three. By three combined runs. Yeah. Because like, they lost yesterday to St. Joe's by runs. Every game they've lost is a one-run yeah. baseball game. It's a baseball game. Anyone involved with baseball knows that is, I, is close. I mean, I love Woodland. I think, you know, Coach Boehner does a great job. He's a fan favorite on this show. Um, the St. Joe's win is awesome for them. But the NVL as a whole doesn't stoke excitement. St. Paul's down this year. Holy Cross is doing what they do in the regular season. Let's see it in the postseason. 
Southington's still there. I think they're really good. Newington, I said my piece on Newington. Hamden gets in the poll after a great start and then loses last night to Shelton. Like, yeah, that's a game Hamden's got to win. Uh, they have West Hill. Yeah. That's a completion game coming up. Because uh, They have to the- drive to West Hill Saturday to play one inning, essentially. Well, they should play games <laughs> earlier because there were too many games getting called for darkness at the beginning of this season. And then Glastonbury, great win against Southington. They're 5-1. and one. Still a lot to see. We talked about it with uh, Coach last week, Southington. The CCC is so hard to read. It's not, yes, Pete is biased against the CCC. That's what everyone thinks. We should make T-shirts. But in the SCC, the SWC, the FCAC, you see these teams play each other. And the CCC is so gosh darn big that sometimes you don't get to see those. So they might have an easier schedule, not saying Glastonbury, but a a CCC team could jump out to a hot start and you look at their schedule and you're like, they haven't played anybody. You know, like, yeah, they're 8-0 and you have to win the games ahead of you, but, you know, are you that good or whatever? So I think it's still really early. Um, so I've just been hanging tight with my poll. I'm trying to see a lot more chips fall, a lot more cards to be shown uh, before I kind of crumple up my poll and throw it out the window and start over, which is what I'll probably do around midseason, maybe, unless something drastic happens. But Xavier, 6-0, and only undefeated team left in double L and SEC. Well-deserved, number one. Uh, Nick does a great job up there. Um, you know, I just hope that this is a team that can put it together. You know, going forward, they they had a really talented team last year, lost in the SEC finals to Fairfield Prep, and then got bounced by a really good pitching performance uh, in Danbury. And they went home, and I think there was a lot left on that table, a lot to be desired with that team. So maybe they're playing with a chip on their shoulder. I'm all about that. So congrats to them. Uh, another another team that picked up a vote, and in my memory of doing the poll, they are the first CTC team to pick up a vote is Abbott Tech. Abbott Tech, we're going to talk to their coach, uh, Dave Simone, coming up here in a little bit. They are playing legitimately good baseball. They are beating teams from the SWC. They had New Canaan beat and had one bad inning that got away from them, gave up six runs in one inning. Uh, But they have scored 82 runs. They've given up 10, including the six to New Canaan. (laughs) They are a good baseball team whether they are a tech school or not we're going to talk to the coach about it but they are to be taken seriously in class m and um i know you and i have talked about it off the air that we think that they can make a little bit of a run too yeah i mean there's a long way to go in the season but yeah i've seen them at least once every year the last couple of years because they're always playing in the ctc final and the ctc final is always played in a double header with the shoreline final so i go to palmer i get my hot dogs i love by the way that's so great yeah oh it's so cool and uh, so you get to cover both, and I've seen them, and I've talked to Coach uh, Simone a bunch. They've just run into some weird things, but you see, we talk about it in the interview. He's in, he's you know up the ante on his his at a conference schedule. He's not just playing CTC schools or lower end, you know, conferences just to fill out his schedule. Like he's challenging his guys. I mean, look, if we look from last year, they lost to New Canaan twenty one to five. They lost to New Canaan yeah. 8-5 this year, right? Like, it's baseball. You can't really put a ton of weight into that. But for a program, you gave up 21, you know, not that, you know, moral victories or whatever. But I think Abitech's going in the right direction. I think this is a program that can compete in Class M, depending on, you know, the bracket and the way the chips fall for them. 
Um, because like we talked about it in the interview, you know, you look at M, there's a lot of NVLs, a lot of NCCCs, a lot of tech schools. And then there's St. Joe's and Sheehan and Jonathan Law, who come from these big conferences, Joe Barlow, SWC. So like you need a little bit of luck. You know, you can go and get a home seed and be awesome and then be like, oh, we get, you know, not St. Joe's this year because they're really good. But like a down year St. Joe's with eight wins is still a pretty darn good team in class M. So well, you need a little at, luck there. I mean, if you law is probably going to get in the tournament, they're three and five right now. But if you run into one of their two pitchers early on in the tournament, you could get bounced, run into a good pitcher like we talk about all the time. So that class M tournament is going to be fascinating when the seeds come out. Just fascinating. Yeah. Uh, but really let's is. get to our interview. Let's get to our interview with Coach Dave Simone uh, now in his 10th season at Abbott Tech. We are joined now on High and Tight by Abbott Tech Coach Dave Simone. Dave, welcome to the show. We're excited to have you here. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, you're our first CTC coach, so this is a big a big day for the league. Oh, I didn't know that. didn't know that. <laughs> well, I'm happy to represent the CTC. Hey, you guys are off to a fantastic start so far, scoring a lot of runs, pitching really well. What's been working for you guys so far early in the season? Um, Well... First things first, our chemistry. Uh, we have a great group of guys that, uh, you know, played together for a long time. So our chemistry is really hitting right now. Um, so that always helps. And then on the field, our pitching has been really good. Uh, our pitchers are getting ahead, throwing strikes. And then we're getting some timely hitting and, you know, good defense. So when you do those three things, you're going to be in every single ball game you play. So, so far, so good. Uh, we're going to try to continue that um, going forward. But you know, the biggest thing I, I see is my group, we've been going at this all year round. You know, these guys play summer ball, fall ball. We do winter workouts. So these guys are prepared and ready. Um, and we're just trying to click on all, all cylinders here in the spring. Are you playing a lot of seniors, juniors? What's your lineup made up of? Uh, we got a mix. We got four seniors. Uh, we got a couple juniors. And, uh, and we also have a couple sophomores. Um, and then also a couple freshmen. So we're, we're very balanced uh, top to bottom. Uh, which we're fortunate enough to have. So, there's the bell. Yeah, <laughs> right on time. Who's been pitching yeah. for you? I mean, your pitching's been fantastic. I mean, you guys, and you've had one bad inning essentially all year. You gave up six runs to New Canaan, and otherwise, you've been shutting teams down. Yeah. Um, so it starts off with my senior captain, uh, Tyler Meeks. Uh, he's pitched great. He just had a great outing against Wolcott Tech up at Fusion at uh, Stadium up in Torrington, and then uh, a sophomore named Mason Berna. Uh, he's a newcomer. This is his first year on varsity. Uh, he pitched last uh, yesterday um, against Goodwin Tech up at the New Brent B Stadium. And he's the one that pitch started against, against New Canaan and threw great. Um, and then my uh, my ace from last year, uh, Brendan Stein, who's had uh, sort of a, a bum elbow, ha has only pitched one inning. So, he, you know, he's still on the men. We're working him way back. So he should be getting some innings this week and then probably full go by next week. And, uh, you know, and then we got a couple of relievers, Tyler Waterbury and then uh, Robbie Briggs. So, we're you know, we're fortunate to have enough arms. We pretty much have five arms. Um, we've been mixing in, you know, trying to limit the, the pitch count here so guys don't get burnt out later in the year. But top two guys right now, I would say, is uh, uh, Tyler Meeks and Mason Burnout. Yeah, Coach, you, you mentioned the new Canaan game that you guys played earlier this year, and uh, I was doing some yeah. research before this interview, and I noticed a big change from the 2019 season 
to when we came back post-pandemic. And I looked at your schedule and I looked at, you know, the teams that you played. Was there a conscious effort made to pick up more non-league opponents uh, on your schedule? Because in 2019, you have Bassick, you have Bridgeport Central, Harding, um, Womogo, a Berkshire League team, Shelton, a really good SEC program, and, you know, Immaculate, which I assume is kind of a Danbury-type game because they're in Danbury, you guys are in Danbury. Then you fast forward to 2021, and it's Immaculate, Pomperog, New Canaan, still Womogo, and Immaculate again, and then this year is kind of the same thing. Was that a conscious decision to be like, all right, we can win in this league, we know we can win in this league, now we want to do something on the state level, so let's play teams – that are outside of our conference here that are some high level programs. Yeah, no, that was all by design. Um, and I make sure, you know, we're scheduling games that we can compete in and, um, you know, and the, the way I worked the scheduling was, you know, I, I like staying in the Berkshire league. I think that's a good uh, league for us to compete in. Um, and then we bet, you know, the Macla thing, that's where I went to high school. Um, that's okay. something we've been doing every year since I've been here. We played twice um, every single year and then, you know, Pomperog was a new a new addition. And then New Canaan's have been the last few years. And, you know, I, and I preach to my guys this offseason is competing at the non-league level and not just in our conference, but we want to beat the public schools. We want to beat the private schools. We want to be able to compete top to bottom on our schedule and not just in our conference, but also, you know, in, in those games. And, and we've done a fantastic job this year so far. Um, play well against Pomperog, um, and then that New Canaan game. We played great for five innings, and then, you know, Mead Park. I don't know if you ever been there. You know, the tree played a factor at one. Uh, uh, one oh, did the ball, ball go the tree? Center field. <laughs> yeah, you know, I had my guys back, and they have a really good player. I think it was the center fielder, and he hits a shot, and but my guy was camping under it, and just boom, hit the tree, and turned into I think a triple, or and then I think he got home on on a pass ball. So 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 it was just. A couple of those things, but they, you know, they played a really great game as well, but you know, we were able to compete with them, you know, at double L school, are they double L or L? I forget. Uh, L. Uh, yeah, L school. Yeah. yeah. L school like Still. that. And we yeah. were able to compete with them. Yeah. We were able to compete with them and that, you know, and that builds our confidence up and, you know, for the state tournament, because we, you know, we want to make a run in the state tournament. We don't want to be a one and done uh, team at a state tournament tournament. So getting these guys, those reps, and that confidence is huge for us. And, and that was a point of emphasis going into this year was be able to compete with those those public schools. Yeah, I mean, you know, just looking the last, you know, kind of post-pandemic, missing the 2020 season, seems like a lot of things have changed. But, you know, that first year, 2021, you guys get Norwich Tech in the first round, you beat them, then you lose to an ECC school in Bacon. But you start playing that at a conference schedule. And then last year, you know, you, you lose to Ledyard, an ECC school, but only by one. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if you're a believer of, uh, you know, mental wins or whatever, but like for that program, like when you look at the schools, the tech schools in the tournament and some of the results, they're not one run games. They're not five, four, you know, they're a little yeah. bit more drastic on the other end, but here you guys competing. And, you know, is this, You've been the coach there for 10 years, obviously, but it was a change of philosophy for the schedule. And you talk about, you know, now you guys don't want to be one and done's in the playoffs. Even though you lost last year in the first round to really, you know, Ledyard's a really good program. Um, was there something to take away from that game to be like, all right, one thing goes our way. We're going to the next round, you know, like we can compete here. Like we know we can. Yeah, yeah that Ledger game was a tough game because we were that was another game we were winning all all, all game. And, um, 
you know, we were up, I think, two or three runs, and then we had a routine ground ball, and, you know, and the errors happened. And then um, extended the inning, you know, it was two outs, and the next guy hit a, a three-run home run to take the, take the lead. Um, so that was a tough one. So, you know, moral victories are, uh, you know, yeah, you could, you could have them. But last game of the season, that one stung a little bit. Um, and especially because the group I have, you know, they play all year round. They play travel ball. Um, they play fall ball and all that stuff. So these guys are competing with these guys outside of the season. So they know they could compete with these guys. So I don't have to hype them up and tell them what, to, you know, you know, that, you know, these guys are public school. They, it doesn't matter to them. So, you know, yeah, it was a nice moral victory that we were able to compete with them, but these guys want more. We're not satisfied. Um, I think, you know, in the early years, a few years ago, maybe 2018, 19, when we're starting to make the turn in the program. But now we're at a point in the program where we're here, um, you know, we compete, compete with you. We're not going to be intimidated. Um, and we're going to go out there and play a good seven innings. You guys uh, playing in the CTC, you guys face some unique challenges. You have kids who work. I assume, and some things that the public schools and other schools don't deal with. What's that like with that balance and coaching a CTC team? Oh, it's it's different. Coaching in the CTC is very, very different uh, compared to a public school or a private school because, like you said, it's a different type of kid because these kids are coming here to learn a trade first and then playing athletics. You know, at a public school, you, you're pretty much, you know, some or the private school is, you know, a lot of these kids are going to get an education, but also too the, the athletics is right there evenly. But here at the at, at tech school, it's more predominantly, yeah, we're they're learning a trade and then athletics is 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 secondary to it, you know, and, and we're not getting the top tier athlete, you know, per se. So dealing with those things and um, you know, and when I first got here, nobody was playing in the summer. Nobody was playing outside the season. Nobody was playing fall ball. Um, so n- none of that infrastructure was here. So it took time to build that up. Um, and that was one of the reasons why I started coding, coaching Legion was to give kids an affordable option, you know, um, to play in the summer that can't afford the, the price tag of some of these clubs teams. So that's how I started with Danbury Legion. But, you know, it is a different beast. It's a different mindset. Um, you're not getting the more polished athlete per se. Um, so you got to coach them up and, and, and deal with those things. But it, it, you know, if you can coach here, you can coach anywhere. I always tell coaches that because uh, it deal you, you deal with a lot of different things, variables that you won't see at the public or private level. But you must have some really mentally tough kids, I would think. Is, is that stuff kind of more oh, ingrained yeah. in them? 100%. Blue-collar kids, great kids, work hard. They have a good worth ethic. Um, you know, I don't get, they don't complain. Uh, they go out there. They do their job. Um, I also got great parents. You never had issue with parents here. Um, so, you know, from, from that standpoint, there's pros and cons at every program from that standpoint, it's, it's a very big pro. Um, so, you know, the work ethic, you know, we take pride in our, take care of our field. So right when we get to the field, they know how to, to prep it, get it ready. Boom. When we're done with the field, they know how to put everything away, prep it, you know, and then that's it, you know, cause they're, they're doing that in their trade anyways in, in school. So that carries right over. So very good worth, worth ethic. So, you know, from that standpoint, it's 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 a joy to be around a lot of these kids, really. You know, Coach, um, about the CTC, you know, when people talk about the CTC sports, you know, like Scott mentioned, they're all going for something else. There have been some good ball players who have come out of this conference and played at the next level. I mean, Tim Kate, you know, he's with the Nationals uh, in the minor leagues, went to yeah. UConn, was a star at UConn. Like, he pitched in the CTC. 
Like, you know, he's not just a Connecticut kid, but he pitched and won in the CTC and on the state level. Um, you mm-hmm. know, Jack Rich uh, from Wilcox Tech. I covered him when I was at the Record Journal. He played at Eastern, helped them win a national championship last year. Like, it's not just, oh, they're CTC. You know, they're going to go and they're going to do great things with their jobs. I mean, I know some kids who graduated CTCs who are making buku bucks a couple of years out of college. Yep. And they're not worried about <laughs> yep. student debt. Debt, let me tell yep. you, as someone who finally yep. paid off their master's degree long at 33. <laughs> um you know, but like you can still go and play in college if you want. It's not like uh, for me personally, where I grew up, you know, we didn't have tech school options like they were after school programs. So you would have to do your eight, nine hours in school and then go do it. Where when I came yeah. to Connecticut, one of my roommates in college went to vinyl. And I was so perplexed by this because he's like, yeah, I was doing this in electricity. I'm like, wait, what? And he's like, yeah, like we actually do this. And But it gives you the options where you can go and go into the workforce if that's what you want to do. Or you can go to college if you want to play sports or you just want to go to college and go for something else. I think it's incredible. I feel like it's in the sports world, it feels like it's like not talked down upon, but talked differently. It's like, well, if you go to a CT yeah. school, like you're not going to play in college. And I don't think that that's fair. And I, I, that's not accurate. Like I say that for a fact, like that is not an accurate statement. Have you had guys who have gone on and played in at the college level? Yep. Actually I have um, Cody Waterbury. He was a, uh, he was uh, a graduate in 2020. He got hit with the COVID year. Um, one of the best players that come through here and unfortunately didn't have a senior year and he's playing at Western New England right now. Uh, having a great year, batting middle of the order. Yeah, batting middle of the order, starting. Um, and another kid, I think he's a twenty nine, does a twenty nineteen grad, Stanley Roman. He's playing at Western Connecticut right now. But then, probably my best pitcher I ever had, my my best pitcher I ever had, um, Brian Aguilera. I believe he was a 2018, 2017 grad. He was mid mid eighties, eighty seven, topping out eighty eight. You know, he was getting looks from Southern Connecticut, but. He wanted to be electrician, went into the trade um, and decided that, which is, you know, nothing wrong with that. So we've had talented players to come through here. And in the group that's coming up, there's going to be a couple kids that, you know, are going to be playing in college as well on the current team. So we're um, there has been kids, you know, like you said, it's 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 if you want to play a college, you can do it if that's what you want. It doesn't matter where you go to school. If you want to do it and you can pursue it and you go down the right paths, it's it's feasible. So, is that you know something... that's what I like to do? Oh, sorry. I, is that something though that you have to sell the kids on when they like come to the school and join the program? Where it's just like, oh, I'm just here to kind of have fun. And you're like, no, no, like you can do this if you want. Like this is not the end of the road for you. Yeah, we we have that. We have those talks here, and, and I know the kids that do want to go play at the next level, and I know the kids I don't want to go uh, go play at the next level. And you know, I make sure I, I have those conversations with the parents and the players. You know, I met with a few of my players this year um, to discuss those options and, and how to go about it, uh, you know, the best ways and, you know, make sure that they're getting looks and and going to the right schools and, and, and all, all that kind of thing. So, you know, it's not for everybody at this program, but there is a few that do want to do it. So, you know, and I have the experience, you know, I played college baseball and, you know, I've seen, I've seen that other side of it and I know how the recruiting process works. So, being able to guide them and give them the tools to, to figure all that out is, is helpful for them. And, and um, I fully, 
I fully see about two or three of these kids in my roster right now going playing at college college baseball nice. at some point, you know, at some level. Nice. The uh, guys, one of the one of the aces for the Southern team, Tommy Hughes, is a CTC kid. I don't yeah, know where good he went tech. exactly. He Goodwin Tech. Goodwin Tech. Yep. Yep. Very good pitcher. Uh, jumping back to Legion just for a second, you guys won the state last year, uh, and you got to coach. You coached with Sean Ratchford. What's that like? And what are you taking away from from working with him, the Danbury head coach, who's been doing this forever? Yeah, Ratch. I actually just was on the phone with him last night. I talked to Ratch all the time. He's is a great coach. He's a great resource. Knows the game. Been around forever. Um, you know, and that last summer team was so much fun to coach. That was that was one of the best times I ever had on a baseball field, player or, or coach. And it was just a fantastic summer. Um, and being with Ratch, Ratch has helped me out. You know, learning the game a little bit more, learning some of his stuff he uses at Danbury High. And, that I imply, you know, you know, that I use here and out at Abbott. Um, but, you know, he's just a, a huge resource of, of baseball information uh, that I pick his brain. You know, I was picking his brain last night about a couple of things. So, you know, we talk, we talk daily and he's, he's a great guy, always trying to help. Um, and I'm lucky, luckily, um, you know, with the Legion relationship that we got a little bit closer. And, um, it was just a really, really fun summer. Are you so bunting when... more now that you, are you bunting more now? <laughs> Yeah, no, I love the, I love the same thing. Yeah, yeah, no, we bought. Uh, I, I delay steal. I don't want to get too many of my secrets away, right. but trash is good for the delay steal, and that you know, and uh, that's where I picked it up that up uh, years ago. But no, there's uh, there's there's a lot of things I picked up from Coach Ratch. He's 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 got a lot up his sleeve. Well, you got to get you got to get Danbury on the schedule now. We scrimmaged them. We scrimmaged them early on in the year um, at the Danbury Dome. It was an indoor scrimmage. Uh, but yeah, maybe you know, I was talking about maybe we do it at Dunkin' Donuts. You know, we'll go up there and have a have a game. You know, Ooh, we'll get, awesome. get a little decent crowd. So, well, that's that's something we've we've talked about. Yeah. What is it? Uh, what's it about this group that gets you excited? Uh, obviously, you know, you played the out of conference schedule really well to start the year. Um, you know, you're one of the favorites in the CTC, if not the favorite. Uh, at least year in and year out, you guys are the defending CTC champions. But what is special about this group that um, you know that you guys could potentially could take that next step at the state level? Well, uh, we just have some talent. You know, we got talent um, at, almost at pretty much every position that we returned from last year. You know, we only lost two starters from last year's team. Um, you know, two outfielders. Uh, so returning all that championship roster and then adding a couple freshmen that are, are helping out right away. And the the sophomores now who were freshmen last year, you know, adding into that as well is just a good group of kids that like I keep saying, have played all year round. These kids, you know, playing the summer ball, play fall ball, work out all uh, winter. So these guys are baseball players. They're hungry. Um, so they know how to carry themselves on and off the field. They know what it takes, and, and and it helps. I mean, great coaching helps, no doubt about it. Good coaching, but you need talent. And I'm fortunate enough, I have talent to work with here um, and to mold, and and they want to get better. They're very, very coachable, which makes my job a lot easier. Scoring 82 runs is not bad either. No, that it helps. <laughs> it helps. Hey, you guys got to come down and see our, our, our field down here. It's, it's a nice hitter's ballpark. So I oh, know is it? What you, got, you got a short porch? What do you got? Yeah, you got. I sent you the. Uh, I saw that you were looking. Oh, did you send me one? I'll have to look. Yeah, I sent you one. Okay. It's a. It's 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 a it's a it's a it's a nice ballpark for hitters. But yeah, no, we have a big <laughs> retainer wall. It's like a green monster from left field to center. It's 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 very very unique. Mm. Uh, Maybe I gotta go take some BP it. there. 
I gotta go take some BP <laughs> yeah, in there to up my confidence. <laughs> We we hey we got a hitting turtle. I throw good BP. So whenever you want, just let me know. I got a rubber Ooh. arm. I can I can throw. I'm gonna have to stretch a little bit. <laughs> yeah, come on down. You took it a few. Where'd you take it a few years ago, Pete? Where hand? Oh yeah, they had me take BP at hand with an aluminum <laughs> bat, and I was like, you know, what? I'm gonna crank these balls. It's aluminum bat. Let's go. I think I like blew out like solid contact. I was like, ooh, and it was like. 30 feet into the outfield. I was like, you know what? I just, <laughs> I just, I just don't got it anymore. <laughs> you lose it quick in this game. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I, real quick. I switched over to softball 10 years ago, little arc action. Yeah. I'm a slap hitter to right field. That that's where I live. I, I'm not a power guy. Never been a power guy. That's it. <laughs> that's it. Get on base. You exactly. lost that speed. And especially with softball, <laughs> get on base. Hey blue. Uh, I need a runner. You know, and then I'm off. I'm off, baby. Yeah. <laughs> You're getting pinch run for in men's softball? Well, that's the beauty. I'm the oldest one on my team. So, like, they're like, if anyone needs a pinch runner, yeah. we're going we're gonna to take Pete off. <laughs> and then I, I solidify. I always make sure. So I'm either playing, like, first or second or right or right center. So I'm, I always get there early to make sure we get the first base dugout so I have the shortest route to my Smart. position. Yeah, that's a veteran move. That's a oh, veteran absolutely. move. Next yeah. level. I want to go level. from right field to the third base dugout. I'll be by the pitcher's mound, the fifth pitch of the inning. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Pete, what's our draft? It's all the, all the years of squatting and catching since I was seven years old, man. My knees are shot. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, I feel you on that. <laughs> all right. So uh, we're going to do the coach. Wait, did you catch? Were you a catcher? I was a catcher. Where'd you play college ball? You mentioned you played college ball. Um, uh, I went to UConn every point, and then I finished up at Western. Oh, nice. UConn every point. Sean, then, Sean, Sean Ratchford's son is the head coach there now, right? Yeah, when I was playing there, I played for the legendary Roger Bidwell. Yep. Wow. Yeah, I had, a couple of, uh, I had a couple of friends from Southern who went to Avery Point and came to Southern who played for him. They raved about him. Uh, Roger was – Coach Bidwell is the best coach I ever played for, hands down. Great program. I have uh, a phenomenal. Program. I have a Raja Davis UConn Avery Point bobblehead somewhere. I Davis, got it. Yeah, once. he came yeah. down to a few practices. He came down a few practices when I was there. We t- and hit with us and stuff, and and and, and uh, talked to us a few times. Good yeah, guys. it was uh, awesome. it was a Connecticut Tigers yeah. game, and they were doing a giveaway, and it was a Raja Davis like local bobblehead, and it's you. I have it somewhere. I'll take a picture. That's pretty I'll send cool. It to you. Yeah, it was very cool. I think like, right. I got it like the next year. He hit the home run in Game Seven of the World Series, yeah. and I'm like, oh, the Cubs mm-hmm. are going to lose, but at least the local guy did something. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. the rain delay happened. He's not even a home run hitter. No, that was cool. I mean, as much as I was like rooting for the Cubs, I'm like, oh, if anyone's going to do anything in this game, like the new London guy, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. So, all right. So we're going to do our draft. We we let you know about it beforehand. You prepared, which I love. Very happy. I have a list as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know, Scott. Did you, Scott, you always write stuff down. I know you have your notepad next to you. Yeah. Scott's got his notepad. <laughs> always has his notepad. Uh, so I'm draft, always prepared, man. So like we talked it. about this last week. We're going to do it this week. The draft is going to be pet peeves in baseball. Now, this is kind of a broad one. It could be on the field, off the field, part of the game, whatever. But uh, yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna keep it fun. We'll keep it open, very broad. 
Um, Coach, you're going to go first since you're our guest. Uh, I'm going to go se- – I'm Scott's going to go second because I went second last time. Uh, and it's going to be a snake. So it's going to go Coach, then Scott, then Pete, then Pete again, then Scott, then Coach for two, Scott, and then I'll I'll have the last pick. We'll do three rounds. Uh, keep it kind of fun and short and not, you know, too crazy long. So, Coach, you're up first. The biggest pet peeves in baseball. All right. I'm going to start it off. Uh, this might get me a little controversial, but I don't uh, – coaches that use metal fungos. Uh, uh, I prefer uh, the uh, wood fungos. So, when I see the metal fungos, it, I just get a – it makes me chuckle a little bit, but <laughs> that's just me. <laughs> Wood fungos with a tape. Come on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I feel like metal fungos could be dangerous. As a bench player in high school, I hit a lot of fungos. And I used to get ahead yeah. of them. You know, I used to get some behind them. And with metal, I feel like that could be dangerous. Yeah. And I just, the ping of the bat is just not the same as the crack of a bat. So. Feel that. Scott, mm-hmm. you're up. Second pick. All right, I'm going to go with pitchers who drill a guy because they hit a home run. You give up a home run. Look, there's reasons you want to throw inside and drill a guy, fine. You know, unwritten rules of the game. But just because you gave up a home run, you're going to plunk into the next guy or that guy when he comes up again, get lost with that. I, I, I hate that stuff. All right. Well, you you took mine. Well, you sort of took mine, but not really. My number one pick, third overall pick, is unwritten rules. I think the unwritten rules in baseball are dumb. I think if they so important, they would be rules. So like, it's you know that look. Don't get me wrong. You run across the pitcher's mound while the pitcher's on there. It's kind of obnoxious. But like, let's not like want to fight a Rod because he walked over the mound. Like, get over it. Unwritten rules are dumb. So I'm taking unwritten rules. And then with my second pick, I cannot stand the baseball fans. And this is high school, college, MLB level, minor league level, whatever it is, who, who, oh, act like you've been there. Dude, baseball's supposed to be fun, man. It's supposed to be fun. Give me smiles. Give me laughing. Give me, like, big high fives. Give me chest bumps after big plays. Like, you get to see it at the high school level, and it's great. But at the major league level, anyone ever shows emotion, they're, like, criminalized. They're like, oh, this player is, you know, uh, he's bad for the game. No, he's not. No one's watching baseball anyway. You're losing the audience. Let them have fun. <laughs> hey, college baseball is kind of going off the rails the last few days. I don't know if you guys paid attention. I, I yeah, did. the Florida situation was nuts. Yeah, and then LSU, and then the LSU player had a couple yeah. choice words after he hit that home run. They tossed that pitcher in Florida, and then the guy hit a home run and wouldn't like shake hands with anyone. Ran by with his arms. <laughs> <laughs> That was good. I think baseball is fun, man. It's supposed to be fun. Let's have fun. fun. Let's have fun. Mm-hmm. All right, Co- uh, Coach uh, Scott, you're up with your second pick. Yeah, my second pick is easy one. It's ump shows, umpires that decide that they want to take over the game, that they want to jaw at people, that they want to make the thing about themselves. I know Coach can't talk about this, but I'm going to say it. Any umpire that does that <laughs> is a clown, and it's about the kids, and it's not about you. No one came to see you. Yeah. Good one, Scott. <laughs> That's a good one. See about that. All right, coach, you got back to back. All right. This is kind of more of a, you know, just a feel with no fence. I, I 
fields, baseball fields with no fence irk me. It kind of changed the whole landscape of the game. Um, I know every field can't have a fence. You know, there's things might be going on that per- permits it, but a field with no fence, I just, I just, I don't know. It just doesn't feel like baseball for me. So I'm going to use that one. And then my next one is uh, another uh, appearance thing is, is close dugouts to the home plate. I hate well, when dugouts are so close and you're on top of home plate because you, you can hear everything the other dugout is talking about. You can't, you, you can't talk about the umpire and, and you don't have any privacy. So, you know, close dugouts to home plate because there's a few of them in my league and I just, you know, I dread going to those games. So that's it for me. I thought you were going to give a the, tree in the outfield. <laughs> ah, yeah. Well, the new well, Can- I know it's kind of probably hard to cut down a couple of trees in New Canaan. <laughs> Those New Canaan dugouts stink too, because essentially the fans are in your dugout. I mean, they're right behind yeah. you. There's no wall. Yeah. It's just a little thing. They got it. They're, they're, I think they're trying to move to a new field, but the the playing surface up at Mead Park was great. I yeah, mean, the field's had, great. It's a great, it's but a, the tree is ridiculous, and the the bench situation is bad, and the little mm. league backstop is no good either because mm. you pop it up it hits the top of the cage every time Greenwich and yeah, yeah. both have that hate it hate the little league backstop mm. but that's not my pick <laughs> <laughs> is it my turn or his it is it more? is your no coach Ed is uh, uh, he's done scott and then me and then we wrap it up uh i'm gonna go with the showcase superstars uh we see these kids all the time kids who they tell us, you know, and I love exit below and pop times and all that stuff, but we hear all these stats and then we go to see them in a game and they just can't perform in a game. They, they don't mm-hmm. have the baseball skills to play in a game. Uh, and sometimes these kids are signed to like D one colleges and we go to watch yeah. them. So uh, those kids, uh, th- that stuff annoys me a little bit when, when we hear about them and it's all just from showcase stuff. None of it's from games. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I was going to piggyback on that, but I'm going to go a different direction. And then we can talk about it after politely uh but my final one i am going to go with the people and it's a little bit combo of the two that i mentioned earlier but the people who are like well back in my day and it's like yeah like baseball changed like sports change like things change like baseball is not the same game it was 30 years ago baseball is not the same game it was when i was in high school which is as I get older, it becomes far and far away. But baseball, the game's changed. And I think the unwillingness to adapt to the change, I think, is detrimental to your program, the, the players on your team. Um, I think, you know, embrace change. And uh, I think I think it's just it's more fun that way. And I think it's the way baseball is going. Uh, but like the ones who are like, well, back in my day, we didn't do this. Well, it's great. That was your day. And I'm glad you had a great time. But it's 2023 now the game the game's a little different so that's that's my uh that's my direct shot at my father who i love very much and is a and is, is an avid <laughs> and is an avid listener of this podcast oh, and is man, my number one fan but easter christmas every year i'm buying him new like sabermetrics books i'm like understand the new game of baseball he's like, i don't understand why aaron judge is batting first you need him in the middle of the lineup with guys on it's like yeah but you want him to have more at bats than the other guy like, I don't know about you. I'd rather Aaron Judge get five at-bats than DJ LeMayhew, but that's just me. 100% right. So this yep. is just all family conversations. Like, Easter was heated talking about, like, what the <laughs> Yankees are going to do. So that that 
That one's for you, Dad. Love you. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good draft. I like pet peeves. That was, that was a that good was draft. A oh, we could go on, man. Talk about those showcase superstars. All the different A's. Oh, I, got, I, got, I got a whole list here. I mean, come on. Didn't even get to the wave, you know, at games or <laughs> that messy dugouts or any of that stuff. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. No, those showcase those showcase stuff that drives me that drives me crazy. Yeah, it's that's for yeah, a whole another podcast. If you want to talk about that, I could I could do a whole another podcast about all that stuff. Yeah, you know, it's the thing yeah, that really terrible. drives me drives me crazy. And like the programs that are on social media and they do a really good job of promoting their kids and posting the stuff they're doing. They never, ever post where these kids go to school. And that drives me insane. It's like, cool, this kid's doing this. This kid's committed here. I have no idea who he is or I have no idea what school he plays for. Because like to them, they don't play for a school. They just play for their team. And like for me, I don't really care about what team they play for in the summer. I care about paying attention to, you know, these kids during the high school season and being able to go out and see them. And and if I don't know who where yes. they go, you know, that's one thing that just drives me bananas. Well, I just want to say that's what, you know, I love the Legion um, yeah. set up as compared to the AU club team. It's very, very different. I, I mean, like I said, I can do a whole other podcast about that, but that's why I prefer coaching Legion because in Legion, you're more geared to playing for something, you know, a state title, a New England title, World Series or zone championship. You know, there's a website, standings. People know how you, you're doing. There's there's a following. You know, you play for these clubs, you showcase. You know, you're going to some showcase tournament or something like that. Nobody knows how you did. Nobody knows if you won. And if you did, nobody, you know, there's no following of it. It's kind of more just, you know, within your team. But that's why I love the Legion, uh, uh, you know, format. Because you you compete for something. I, I'm a big believer on competing for something when you're playing baseball. You know, team sport. So compete for something and that keeps everybody more focused on it and not so individualized. Yeah, absolutely. Competing for trying to win something is always better than just. That's all it's about at the end of the day. Yeah. It really is. Right. I yeah. mean, you know, that's how you make those memories. Like those, like those memories I made last summer, I'll, I'll never forget the rest of my life, you know? So, and, and the kids you know, won't either. Like I said, those, those ten kids you had there, whatever it was, the last game. I mean, that was, it was ten. Like 10. We started with fifteen, Scott, <laughs> and we had ten. That's why we couldn't go to regional. We had enough guys. We had I had I had injuries and this and that, and it was ten guys for the last 15, sixteen games, and we won fifteen of them. That yeah. was awesome. It was a great, was great, incredible. It was a great atmosphere great up there too at Palmer that last game. Oh, love yeah. Palmer. No, it was instead of our. It, we did. We had a uh, delayed uh, pilot. Remember that? Remember we yeah. did that? Really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, can we celebrate. <laughs> Yeah, they, those kids that they don't they're so calm and cool and collective. They know how to celebrate. I'm like, guys, you guys put a little, you know, show a little motion here. But other than that, it was great. Uh, well, listen, coach, we really appreciate you taking the time to do this during the day. Uh, best of luck to Abbott Tech. I'm definitely going to come up and check out this field now. Uh, for, yeah. For the story I'm doing on fields, uh, I'm excited to see it. So uh, I'll, I'll be up there. I'll, I'll figure out which game or which practice I got to come up to, but I'll be there. Yeah, when when the weather gets a little nice, come on up. Bring Pete. We'll take some BP. You know, make a whole day out of it. Ooh, I got a stretch. I would like to see that in person. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sounds good to me. You know, I'm down. So, <laughs> well, thank you, Coach. We really appreciate your time. Hey, thank you, guys. We are back on high and tight. Um, that was a really good interview. Our first CTC coach on the team. 
those guys obviously have so many other things that they're dealing with besides athletics and baseball. And for them to have a good legitimate program, I think is just, it's just good for everybody up there. Yeah. I, you know, he's, he's very, uh, we see him out there on Twitter. He's always pumping up his guys. Always doing a good job. The Legion stuff, you know, coaching Dan Barry, they, they won the state title last year in Legion. Um, it's nice to see the, the success. You know, I covered when they lost in the CTC finals. He brought it up before we jumped on the interview. He's like, that was one of the hardest interviews I ever had to do. And then he's like, we'll be back. Like, we have a lot of guys back. We will be back. Uh, and they were. You know, they. Um, it's a really good program. And, he, you know, we talked about the struggles of being, you know, a CTC coach and all the extra stuff you had to do. And, I mean, he's kind of the right guy for that job. Uh, for all to, t- to undertake yeah. all the other stuff uh, it's it is really fascinating so I'm so glad he was able to join the show yeah really fun um, and the draft was fun too which I'm sure we'll all see on uh, TikTok <laughs> and, uh, and Instagram later um, but uh, this was a good another good episode we will be back next week with another episode of High and Tight for Pete I'm Scott we'll see you next week on High and Tight love you all <laughs>